1: Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.
2: Seton, what if I told you there's a bacon, then there's number one thick-cut, tastes-like-a-touchdown-in-your-mouth bacon?
0: You must be talking about Wright brand bacon, Mm -hmm. because they are not playing when it comes to the premium quality of their
2: bacon. It's thick-cut, hand-trimmed, and real Would smoke real. And you could tell. So why settle for average bacon when you can have the real stuff? That's right. And if you're looking to upgrade any meal, any meal, try right brand bacon. That's called right brand bacon. You won't regret it. Experience bacon the right way.
3: You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio.
4: Ah, it's hour two on this Friday. Dan and the Danette's Dan Patrick Show. Adam Schefter reporting. Two more Titans have tested positive today per source two more Titans players. That's what I thought was happening or going to happen, and that's why the NFL decided that they were going to postpone that game with the Steelers because they were probably figuring and fearing there would be more positive tests, and that's what's happened so far. The issue I have or concern that I have is what happens the following week when the Titans play a home game against the Buffalo Bills. How many players are going to be available? If you'd like to get in touch with the program, you can dial us up, 877 3DP Show. Email address is uh, dp at danpatrick.com and uh, Twitter handle at show. Say good morning to Peacock. That's where you can find the show. You can watch for free, download the app, and our radio affiliates around the country. Poll question, McLovin, from the first
1: hour. Are we keeping it in the second hour? Uh, we could switch it up. Uh, which player, uh, which team would you bet a week's pay won't make the. <laughs> Super Bowl, or win the Super Bowl. The Jets run away with it over the Lions. Uh, I have a personal poll question. Okay, And it's a two-part one. Who's going to win a title first, the Los Angeles Clippers or the Philadelphia 76ers with their former coach, Glenn Doc Rivers? I and, think it's an interesting question. My second one is, whose bandwagon should I jump on, the 76ers or the Nets? Um. Wow. I guess
4: I would jump on the Nets. I would jump on it early because maybe this goes well. There's a lot that has to go well. Steve Nash is coaching. Kyrie KD KD is going to be close to two years without playing basketball. Uh, you got the Kyrie factor, good and bad. You do have a, you have depth there. I I would go with the Nets because the first couple of years you got a honeymoon period. And then after that, I don't know if it comes unraveled the 76ers. I'm, I'm just not sure, you know, doc and the Clippers parted ways and reports came out about chemistry problems in Los Angeles. It was tough for doc to piece this all together when you brought in Kyrie uh, playoff P and then with the roster that overachieved the year before. And you had a championship caliber roster here. And this is gonna be challenging. I, I look at the 76ers as a younger Clippers team as far as do all the pieces fit, chemistry problems, because it you know, it's reported that Embiid and Ben Simmons do not get along. That will be difficult. You know, you're trying to get a head start when you take over a team like this. You're already gonna be working a little bit harder than you need to. Doc has singled out Ben Simmons as being a, you know, one of those transformational type players, as being a great player or the potential to be a great player. You know, he's got credentials. He's been good before with star players. I mean, I go back to Tracy McGrady and Grant Hill working together. Uh, You know, he, he did it in Boston with those personalities and with the Clippers, he was able to get them Deandre Jordan, Blake Griffin, and Chris Paul to play together. I think for the most part, they just didn't succeed, but he couldn't on a short, you know, in a tight window, get all of this to work in the bubble there. And it's a tricky situation that he's walked into. But I was surprised that Doc took this. And maybe just the enticement of, I've got two players who could turn out to be Hall of Famers. But I just don't know if they work together. And then there was talk that Mike D'Antoni was the second choice here. I don't understand D'Antoni if he was there with the 76ers. Because I've got Ben Simmons... And while he is interesting and a matchup nightmare, I just don't think he's the guy that I can trust at the end of games. He can't shoot. Uh, Joel Embiid could be interesting in a D'Antoni offense. But, you know, understand this, or I'll remind you of this, Mike D'Antoni hasn't won anything. I mean, they're they really interesting regular season teams. That Phoenix Suns team that lost to the Spurs when uh, Steve Nash got knocked into the scores table and you had a couple players, including Amari Stoudemire getting suspended. That team, you know, was good enough to win a title, but Mike is, you know, he's an offensive minded guy and they're fun to watch, but he doesn't win. And that would be my big concern. I'm going to bring him into Philadelphia. And now what you're going to trade him Bede? You want to bring in James Hart. Like there's too many pieces here. I I don't need that. And Doc's going to come in and try to make the best of this. You got Al Horford making $100 million. Now, he did have Tobias Harris with the Clippers and brought out the best in Tobias Harris. Uh, But going into that situation, it just feels like you're going to have chemistry issues again. Yeah, Paul.
2: I wonder if Ben Simmons, though, can be, I don't know, fixed or developed because... Ben Simmons is 23. When Kawhi Leonard was 23, he was averaging 16.7 rebounds and was a defensive stopper. Who was a nice offensive player. He was nothing special. He was a pretty decent three-point shooter, though. But then he broke out and became a guy averaging 25 points a game at age 26, 27, 28.
4: But he's got good form on his shot, right? Ben Simmons doesn't have form. You know, Alonzo Ball doesn't have form. There's only so much you can do when you get to this point in your career, even if you're 22, 23, 24. You know, Rajon Rondo never became a great shooter. He became a clutch shooter, but not a great shooter. And he's going to be a Hall of Famer. You know, Lonzo Ball can't shoot free throws. I, I He doesn't want to, you know, he's very tentative on the perimeter. And Ben Simmons, same way. I can't have my best player or my primary ball handler not able to hit a shot or be afraid to take a shot. Or if you foul him late in the game. And that would be my big concern with Ben Simmons. I don't think the shot is horrible. I, I think it's okay. But he does have he has no confidence in it right now. And that's where all I would do is, can you work with somebody who just helps you on form? It feels like Markel Foltz has a better shot than Ben Simmons. And remember what Markel Foltz went through. But Ben is a very good defender a very good passer, and at 6'9", running the floor, you know, can he be a Magic Johnson? Magic worked on his shot. Magic never had a jump shot. He had a set shot. But at that size, Magic worked on it, and it made him such, you know, an even more dangerous player because you had to respect him taking a shot. Ben, you don't. But Doc takes over, and you still have some openings here. Now they're talking about Mike D'Antoni maybe in Indiana. I don't... I don't get the Mike D'Antoni thing. Now, he's offensive genius, but I i got, like, who's winning? Because it always feels like his teams get to a certain point, and then you realize they're not getting further than this. He, he will make you relevant. He'll make you fun. Can you win a seven-game series
1: with that style? And so far, that answer is no. Yeah, McLevin. I think they would have won in Houston if it wasn't for the Warriors dynasty. I think that was a championship team. But you team. can't, I mean... But that's like the teams that lost to Jordan. I mean, that team was, that's a great, great, great but team.
4: But they don't get credit. Like, Patrick Ewing doesn't get credit for not winning a title during the Jordan era. Barkley doesn't. Karl Malone doesn't. They get
1: some credit, Sean Kemp. Like, they get, at least they were in that discussion. No, they, they
4: don't, no, They Even Hakeem Elijah won two titles... When Michael's playing baseball and we hold it against him, the Rockets. Oh, yeah, but Michael
1: wasn't playing. Like, come on. That style doesn't advance. They could have won that game if Harden could have hit the ocean. But he
4: didn't. And and that falls back on the coaching, too. At some point, don't you say, how
1: about we take a
4: layup? Hey, how about a mid-range jumper?
1: So how about the Clippers? Is that that anything? I mean, they still have Kawhi and Paul George, right? How long are you going to have him for? Now, Ty
4: Lu if he takes the job, but how long are you going to have him for? And, and that, I don't know. Because they can opt out. But you gave up everything. I talk about a win now. I don't think there's any team in any sport that is more win now than the Clippers were. Because you gave up every one of your draft picks basically for the next five years. Six years to bring in Paul George, and you got Kawhi Leonard, and I don't. That roster is is not a great roster. It it's a roster that always seemed entitled this year. Oh well, hey, we'll flip on a switch, and it doesn't work that way. As much as we think it does, it doesn't work that way, and they proved it. Yeah, Paul.
2: It, it, I don't know if this is a good comparison. Mike D'Antoni kind of reminds me of Chip Kelly. His offenses are really entertaining, really fun, really inventive, definitely exciting, and, and occasionally they work really well. That year in Philadelphia with Nick Foles, Chip Kelly looked like the next thing. And then it, it kind of goes to a certain point, and it doesn't go any f- further.
4: Yeah, and, and it doesn't take long for people to find you out. You, you don't have enough time. You know, the, the regular season is you just get to run up and down the floor. The postseason is more wrestling. You know, you're, it's tactical, and and you saw that. You know, the Heat against the Bucks. The Bucks during the regular season, if they're playing the Heat, Heat are probably getting blown out. During the postseason, the Heat came up with a defensive strategy. They had time, they focused. We're playing these guys for the next week and a half, and they came up with a great defensive scheme there. That's what happens when you face the Rockets, because you know what happens during the regular season you you let those guys just go up and down the floor. Russell Westbrook, his, his shooting, his lack of a jump shot, a consistent one, doesn't stand out during the regular season. In the postseason, when the team is basically saying, Russ, go ahead, shoot, then it stands out. James Harden, hey, I can go 9 for 36 from the floor during the regular season. Oh, okay. But you can't go 9 for 36 from the floor in the postseason. That's when it stands out, and that's when you get eliminated. And that's what we've seen. We spent some time in the first hour talking about Kyrie Irving, the gift that keeps on giving. He's on a podcast with Kevin Durant, and now that he has uh, KD, he said that uh, he now has somebody he can trust with the game on the line.
5: Ten seconds left, one point game. Who's shooting? You, you, a Kyrie, KD. Depends
4: on who's hot. I don't see it as that as anything other than
0: that, like one three pick and roll, or it's an ISO for either one of us, or it's something great for our, our team. I'm one thing I'm, I've always been comfortable with is, you know, I felt like I was the best option on every team I played for, you know, down the stretch. This is the first time in my career where I could look down and be like, that make that shot too. <laughs> okay.
4: There's nothing wrong with him thinking he is the best closer on any team he's played on. I mean, it, it's fine. I mean, you great shooters have that mentality. But if you're a guy like Marcus Smart, who thinks he's the best closer for the Celtics, then you're delusional. But Kyrie has hit one huge shot in his career. He's injury prone, and uh, he hit one shot, and you can say it's one of the two or three biggest shots in the history of the NBA. It won a title, beat Golden State. But, and then, just so you know, sort of the background here, Kyrie then said, look, I'm not singling out, you know, LeBron and saying that he wasn't clutch. Why can't, you know, you know, why is it always brother versus brother here? I'm just saying that this is, you know, KD is a guy that I can trust. But this is not about LeBron James. It is about LeBron if you say KD is the guy that you now can trust down the stretch because you did play with LeBron and apparently you didn't trust him down the stretch. And I did wonder if LeBron has been asked, is Anthony Davis the best player he's ever played with? He was asked after Game Two of the first-round series against the Blazers.
2: AD is one of those unicorns, um, and he does things that
4: some of my other great teammates are not capable of doing. But in the same sense, um, I've played with Dwayne Wade, and he could do some things that
2: you know the AD um, is not capable of doing. And also played with Kyrie Irving, and he can do some things that D Wade and AD is not capable of doing.
4: So um, I've had the luxury of playing with some great players, and that's just, that's just three of them. Okay, maybe he's not being truthful there, totally honest, but he is, he is answering it in a way where he's at least respectful to D. Wade, Kyrie. Uh, D. Wade is the best player that LeBron has played with. Anthony Davis is a better player than Kyrie Irving. LeBron could come out and say, A.D. is the best player, you know, my best running mate that I've had. Since Cleveland, or however you want to phrase it, but it felt like then Kyrie is, you know, trying to walk it back a little bit, but, you know, he said it, he feels it. Okay, it's fine. Then own it. He says, hey, if I want to single out somebody, I'll say their name. Well, then say his name. Because by not saying his name, you are singling out LeBron James. It's not like Kevin Love's going to go, wait, he didn't say me? It's like, it's just LeBron James. Okay. Uh, by the way, I I loved how uh, Manish Mehta, who covers the Jets for the New York Daily News, started his column today. These Jets have found unimaginable creative ways to torture their loyal followers and themselves during this train wreck season. The latest installment of this gangrene dumpster fire featured a masked man coaching scared, an awful, revamped offensive line, an undisciplined defense that committed one annoying, ill-timed penalty after another, and a general feeling of ineptitude surrounding the NFL's undisputed laughingstock. Woo! No need to read any further there. That was a mess last night. But this is a bad team. It's when you... Normally, if I said that uh, this game was going to be played on Sunday afternoon at one o'clock, you're not watching. If you're a Jets fan, Broncos fan, maybe you had somebody on your fantasy team, although I don't know who you would have on your fantasy team on those teams, but national stage, and everything is amplified. All of a sudden, the Jets are really dirty on defense. Cheap shot artist. Um, Adam Gaze, not going to lose his job, but he's coaching scared. Sam Darnold. Work in progress. All of these things stand out because it's a standalone game here. So the reaction is with far more force than it would be if this game played out this way on Sunday afternoon, nobody is talking about it. But because of last night, it's the Thursday night game, and we're watching. Yeah, Paul.
2: I stayed up for the end of that game and saw all the stuff the Jets players were doing. That's not an accident, is it? Because Greg Williams is a defensive coordinator. Everyone knows his history uh, with bounties and with uh, cheap shots. Yeah. Does he sit down his players and say, this is what I want? Because they don't just absorb that. They don't just join the Jets and say, oh, Greg Williams is my defensive coordinator. I'm a, I I go out and cheap shot people at the end of games we're out of. So does he pull his defensive guys and say, hey, if you get a chance, drop somebody. I'm, I'll, I don't mind 15 here and there. Steve Smith said it after the game, the analyst This is not an accident. He's got to be telling these guys to do this.
4: Yeah, I think with Greg Williams, there's a track record there. If it was a defensive coordinator who didn't have a track record, then we might look at it differently. Here's Vic Fangio. He's the Broncos head coach on not going out to shake Adam Gase's hand at the end of the game.
5: I just wanted to avoid any confrontation at the end of the game and having it get ugly there. So I tried to get our guys to leave quickly just to avoid anything happening
2: there. I thought it was the prudent thing to do.
4: Now you can read a lot into that because he's basically saying there was going to be a confrontation if we went out there and shook their hands. And I would have no problem with that because they were protecting their quarterback or at least trying to and he got hit. Brett Ripon got hit a couple of times there late. but I'll I'll mention this again. This is how bad the Jets are. You're playing at home. Your coach may be coaching for his job. You're facing a guy who wasn't even drafted, who has not played, a, not started a game. So he's a rookie, on the road, short work week, and he's never started a game before. And you allowed 37 points. We'll take a break. More phone calls coming up. Adam uh, Adam Sandler coming up in an hour from now. His new movie is called uh, Hubie Halloween. And I have a cameo in that uh, as a, uh, the school principal. And uh, I think I look the part. The problem is I didn't act the part. Yes, Paul.
2: There was a couple, it looked like a couple hundred kids in like a cafeteria scene. Yep. yep. How do you, how do you correct? Are they all extras? Are they kids that have acting experience or just um, kids?
4: They're just, uh, well, some are kids. Sandler's two daughters were in the scene. Kevin James's son was in the scene.
2: How does a director corral 150 kids?
4: Um you basically have to threaten them. Like you're you're not going to get lunch if you guys don't behave or, you know, just be quiet for this amount of time. You're not going to be in the movie because what'll happen is it's like chess pieces, they'll move them around a little bit, you know, you want to get the right people in the right situation on camera, but it was chaos. It's like if you're trying to herd some cats and get them all going in the same direction, that's what it is with with these kids and And there's you know some that uh, are squirrely in there, others you know were great uh, and and it's it's a scene that has a lot of chaos. They have a lot of energy and so you're trying to contain that energy before they have to explode in there. and uh, it, it's a fun scene. Take a break. 21 after the hour. This is the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. It's, you can't debate it. I would try it would No, least. you can't. Taste as great as the barbecue you're making. The beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. It tastes like a beer. Less filling. Only 96 calories. With a Miller Lite in hand, grilling doesn't just taste great. It, it tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered to your door, visit MillerLite.com Patrick, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells great beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces. We were just watching the uh, clip from when the, the Danettes lost a bet to me and they had to be cheerleaders during the uh, Super Bowl week in Houston. So they dressed up for uh, the university of Houston and they were at the basketball game. Remember Taco Falls was playing central Florida was playing Houston and Taco Falls came out seven foot six. And I went, Whoa, that dude is the biggest guy I probably have ever seen. And, uh, Then I realized the Danettes loved being cheerleaders. It wasn't punishment at all. Yeah, Paulie.
2: We uh, found out the game was on ESPN2 and called up to the mothership (laughs) and put in a good word with someone. And uh, the director of the game may or may not have led the entire broadcast with the four of us running out of the tunnel on national TV.
4: Yeah, they probably didn't want to admit that publicly, (laughs) that uh, they were going to single out the Dan Patrick show uh, on an ESPN2 broadcast peter schrager insider for the nfl network a a former male cheerleader and uh, one of the stars for good morning football peter good to have you on how are you
5: Great to have you on. No cheerleading in my history, but big fan of the, uh, the Danettes getting out there for Taco oh. Falls. <laughs>
4: oh, it was great. Uh, let me ask you our poll question. McLevin, hit trigger with the poll question today.
1: Okay, which team would you bet a week's pay will not be in the Super Bowl uh, or, or win the Super Bowl over the next decade? The Jets, the Lions, the Bengals, the Washington football team, the Jaguars. And Dan asked us to put the Giants on there. So won't win a decade. Super Bowl. Decade.
4: Yeah, won't win a Super
1: Bowl.
5: Yeah, looking at the roster right now and looking at what's coming up. I I'm gonna say it's tough for me to say anything other than the Jets at the moment, right now. That was and last night was brutal, guys. I mean, I, I feel like I'm piling on. I'm, we're, you know, I'm in New York. It's just the lack of talent on that roster right now, and Frank Gore being your go-to guy at age 37 <laughs> is a cool feature and a nice fun, you know, human interest story that Tom Rinaldi would do uh, before. But it shouldn't really be the reality of what's going on.
4: I, and I was pointing out how bad this is. You know, that you have a rookie quarterback making his first start short work week on the road and the jets allow 37 points. I I but I don't know what was worse, the offense or the defense with the jets. At least with Greg Williams I'm supposed to have a defensive genius there. You know, there were cheap shots there. They've had six roughing the passer calls on their team so far. I mean, this is this is on Greg Williams a lot too, not just Adam Gase.
5: Well, there's a there's a, f- a false bravado that comes with it you know jamal adams gets shipped out and it's you know i think jamal might get bored in that scheme and like there's a laugh and a wink to the camera and it's like i don't know man like, i i watched the jets last night and you said the four roughing the passers they they lead the league by a ton in that penalty they give up 37 points they're undisciplined there's penalties all over and after the game like vic fangio is like a beloved guy in the league and i don't know him and gase's relationship but Fangio's not even shaking gase's hand because of the way things ended it's just it's one thing to lose i said Said this on on Good Morning Football the other day. It's like if you got Burrow and T Higgins, and you've got this young up and coming team, and they're coming together. Like you'll watch your team. I'm watching Jeff Smith, and no offense to Jeff Smith, a, a Boston College undrafted, great story. And I'm watching Brexton Barrios, and I'm like, they've got first round picks in the top ten every year. Where are like where is the talent? Why is this so bleak for Jets and Jets fans? Last night was brutal.
4: But if you're the Jets and the Giants, and you have let's say somehow one of those two gets it the number one pick overall. What are they doing? You got Sam Darnold, you got Daniel Jones. Is there any question what you're doing with that number one overall pick?
5: The Jets one is a a discussion to have. Has Sam Darnold regressed this year is the question. And you could say, oh, it's Gase's fault. I I look over at some of these other teams and a lot of teams have injuries and a lot of teams have, have problems and their quarterbacks are not taking giant steps back. I... If you love Darnold and you really think that Darnold's your future, you could probably trade a first overall pick for two or three other first round picks. And then you've got the Jamal Adams pick and you've suddenly got a a, a, a treasure chest or treasure trove of draft picks. But I don't know. Like, Do you just say, let's scrap it and start again? And if Sam Darnold goes on and has a great career with the Steelers or the Falcons or whoever else, God bless him, it just wasn't meant to be. I, I, Trevor Lawrence is sitting there at number one. I don't care what the team is. If you finish so bad that you couldn't get out of the number one spot, you have to consider it long and hard.
4: Yeah, because if you are, if you have trust in your quarterback, then you don't finish with the worst record in football. Exactly right. And Cliff Kingsbury came in to Arizona and said, hey – Josh Rosen, some nice parting gifts for you. You get to keep your jersey. I'm I'm going to bring in Kyler Murray here. I think that would be the situation, even with the Giants with Daniel Jones.
5: Potentially, let's see how the Daniel Jones finishes. But he looks sloppy. He looks like he, he's no sure thing right now. And you know the Giants fans, I hear from them a lot, and the Giants fans are like, yeah, but Saquon got hurt and. I- Okay, well, Dave Gettleman's had three picks in the top six over the last three years, and they've all been offensive selections, and the Giants have one of the worst offenses in the league. Like, at some point, the fans are right to look for a pound of flesh and say, no, wait a second. Maybe we shouldn't have taken a running back second overall. Mm. Or maybe we didn't have to take know J- Jones sixth overall. Or maybe we didn't take an offensive tackle fourth overall. The draft is such an imprecise science. And yet I look at the 49ers. I look at the Ravens. All these teams have injuries. And yet they don't seem to miss that many beats. And the Giants and Jets have injuries. These teams get blown out by 20 points to teams like Brett ripon led teams and Nick Mullins-led teams. It's, I feel bad because, Dan, you know the New York market is so important for the NFL. So important for the NFL. And already by October 5th, neither team is relevant in the conversation. I
4: just saw this tweet from Bomani Jones of the Mothership. He said, uh, did COVID save Adam Gase's job? If you had that stadium full of fans last night, how ugly would, have, would it have gotten? Uh, I, I don't know it, that might be a stretch, but you know, sometimes we do react to how your fans react.
5: Yeah, and look, the Jets fans are vocal, so whether they're in the building or not, I don't know if Bomani uh, reads the New York papers and listens to the New York radio. Like It is being, trust me, it's resonating how upset people are with Adam Gase. This is not an excuse for Gase, and it's not a great reason, but who are you going to? Is Greg Williams going to be your head coach moving forward? Is Dow Loggins? Is Jim Bob Cooter? Like, it's almost... <laughs> uh, what do you, If you fire Gase, all right, you get your pound of flesh for a day, and there's still four months left in the season, and now you've got Greg Williams or Jim Bob Cooter as the head coach, and then what? Like, at the very least, Gase and Darnold seem to have some sort of relationship. The bye week's in November. I, I'm not surprised I didn't fire him after last night, but I also... I don't think there's an alternative on that staff, and that's nothing great to rally around. It's not that I'm saying give Gase a shot. I'm just saying I don't know if there's a better option in-house.
4: Adam Schefter tweeted, don't know if you saw this. Two more Titans players tested positive this morning in Tennessee Per a source there. I know that this game has been postponed. I'm concerned about the following week and the number of positives, and you're going to be hosting a game against the Buffalo Bills. You know, quarantining and I don't know that like this is this could get a a whole lot bigger. What do you think?
5: These results come out about 930 a.m. every day. So I really am doing, uh, you know, all I can in the morning to not stare at that clock and say what's going to happen when we get the results from these player tests the one that i'm watching and i'm still watching are the vikings because if the titans can keep it within the titans and that is a terrible story and it's and it's horrible for the nfl and it's of course bad for the people who have COVID 19 in the tennessee organization But if they can keep it within that we can kind of manage and work with bye weeks and work with their opponents the second it starts spreading like an amoeba and you say okay well the vikings play the titans and now we know the vikings have two guys so that the vikings opponent this week the texans they can't have a game and then next week that's when this thing really sets the season off the rails i think everyone is trying their best but when you see aj terrell from the falcons has it and you know i know for a fact the falcons Coach, GM, those guys weren't sleeping Saturday night because they didn't know what they were getting Sunday morning when the results came out. It was a blessing that none of them had it. But that's every team right now. And the season and the schedule, it is as fluid as it could be. I I, I am sorry for all the Tennessee fans. I'm sorry for the Pittsburgh fans. But if we can keep it to two teams and find a way to get this thing back on the tracks, that is a major win for the NFL right now. I've got an
4: upset of the weekend. or, Or at least a strong potential for upset of the weekend. Do you want to guess?
5: You're taking the Lions over the Saints.
4: No, I'm taking the Dolphins over the Seahawks.
5: Ooh, do tell. Do you want in on that? I I, I'm very intrigued by that. Let me hear your reasoning. I
4: don't have any reasoning. (laughs) It's it's just last week I said the Lions would beat Arizona for no other reason than they shouldn't beat Arizona. Yeah. I've got the Dolphins beating Russell Wilson Jr. the third.
5: I love it. Um, I love the courage. I love the take. And it's not crazy. It's one of those where everyone's pumping up Seattle, yet their defense has shown a lot of weaknesses. And Fitzy's got 10 days. Looked good on Thursday night. <laughs> Wait a well, minute. Who knows? I,
4: I didn't go that far to say you can't give Ryan Fitzpatrick 10 days to prepare for you. You're in trouble. If, if
5: we know one thing in sports, <laughs> if we've learned anything in our combined you know, 60 years of doing this, I would think we know that you don't give Ryan Fitzpatrick No, 10 you days do not. Seahawks.
4: He is – don't. He is the greatest September player probably in really history, is. except for Patrick Mahomes, who hasn't oh lost and hasn't thrown an interception.
5: 32 touchdowns, zero interceptions in the month of December, uh, September. The great thing that I found out, and this is my breaking news, when he was doing that one, two, three, four that you saw in the video when yeah. he was counting them out, that wasn't his touchdown passes. That was... That was in response, and I hear this from multiple people in Kansas City, to him being voted fourth on the NFL Network. Like, Who even cares about the NFL Network? That's how deep he's looking for motivation because everyone (laughs) has just told him he's the greatest thing ever. He's like, the NFL Network voted me fourth on their uh, top 100 list. I'm going to do something. I mean, that is next level looking for That's Michael Jordan looking for motivation at Bradford Smith type stuff.
4: Yeah, but I I also wonder, and I, I said in 10 years from now, like what is, what would be a disappointing season for Patrick or a career for Patrick Mahomes? Because, you know, now we're looking at a dynasty. They've acknowledged that they think they could be the Patriots and have a dynasty here. If he has two Super Bowl wins after 15 years, is it a successful career?
5: Yeah, but if you were to say, if you're Patrick Mahomes, would you sign up for two right now, knowing you can't get three, four, five, and six? How would you feel? I would think it would be, it would be not fulfilling expectations, yeah, to your point. But your I point, wonder I, that,
4: you know, with it's a half-billion-dollar contract. That's just this contract. And then the next contract he's going to get. But, uh, you know, I, I just wonder how we're going to spin this because we tend to look at, like, LeBron. Hey, you won three titles, going to win a fourth. Yeah, but you also lost six of them. Like we always, yeah, but yeah, but Brady. Look at the number of Super Bowls he's lost. Uh, Montana never lost. You know, we always yep. want to skew to the negative here.
5: Yeah, I, the crazy part about what Mahomes is doing is that he's doing it in this era of football with parity being like the number one most important thing from the league, whether it be scheduling or whether it be free agency or just how they do it, and they've gotten better. They brought back everybody, and I, I try making this point as many times as possible. Like, the coaching staff is all back, too. So when the Eagles beat the, the, the Patriots, you see Frank Wright get a head coaching job and John D. Filippo takes an offensive coach, uh, coordinator job, and, like, the coaching staff is decimated over an Eagles upset win over the Patriots chiefs run the table in the playoffs win everything and none of their coaches get hired for any other jobs i guess the only potential of this thing falling apart is if like the enemy gets a job and then spags gets a job and then mike kafka who's a quarterback's coach gets a job that's when this thing caught but the players they're all young really good and like each other like i don't know if they're getting any worse anytime soon
4: great to talk to you and enjoy your weekend always great to see you thank you bud you me and fitzy let's go yeah Right in September, Peter Schrager, the star of Good Morning Football, or so he tells us. We'll take a break here. Phone calls coming up next here on the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app.
0: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat.
4: Once again, if you're just joining us, Adam Schefter reporting two more Titans players tested positive today in Tennessee. Some phone calls here, Jeff in Detroit. Hey, Jeff, welcome back. Hey, Dan, happy meet Friday to you there. Thank you. You and the guys. Uh, Listen, I was just wondering, do you think that we'll hear from
2: LeBron, a rebuttal from LeBron in the near future about the uh, (laughs) Kyrie situation, maybe a... Him referencing somebody saying, you know, clutch or something like that. You know how these guys pass messages in the uh, media. And I have another question for you. Okay. You and uh, Adam Sandler has been doing this a while. Yeah. How many movies you got under your belt and which one was your favorite?
4: I think this is my 18th, which really sounds pretentious. I don't know how many Sandler movies I've been in. I think it's 18. And my favorite was uh, Just Go With It where I was on stage with Nicole Kidman and Jennifer Aniston and Dave, Dave Matthews, that was degree of difficulty for me was off the charts because I had to ad lib this and you have, these are high end actresses up there. Dave Matthews was a goofball. He was a lot of fun to be around, but Aniston and Kidman, they had no idea who I was and they actually thought maybe I was an actor. And then they found out later that I was just a sports guy. In fact, Keith Urban, Nicole Kidman's husband, came on set and she didn't. We had no conversation whatsoever. And then he came right up to me and started talking about Tennessee sports. And I think she was kind of surprised that her husband knew who I was. But um, that was that was a lot of fun. But that I, I was really nervous doing that. Uh, what was the other question that he had about... Oh, no, LeBron's not going to say anything in the media. Oh, it's LeBron... It, this is what LeBron has to say to uh, Kyrie Irving. Uh, I don't have time to answer. I'm trying to win another title. I mean, that, that's all. And, and LeBron is passive-aggressive. You know, he hears everything as well. And I don't know if he cares that Kyrie says, hey, now I got a guy I can count on in the clutch. Because I I read you the numbers in the first hour of the show. I mean, it there's a it, it's a stark disparity between the two. Yes, yeah, Richard Jefferson was uh, actually tweeted about this, mm-hmm. and he uh, has video of
0: that game seven shot uh, that Kyrie hit, yeah. and in the huddle. LeBron is saying, uh, "You, we need to get the ball to, um, we need to get the ball to Kyrie and get that matchup with Steph because Steph can't guard him. We need to get the ball to Kyrie." Okay. So even LeBron
4: said Kyrie was the best option in that moment. <laughs> well, he had a mismatch on him. Yeah. Would Kyrie have said, "Hey, we need to get the ball to LeBron" if LeBron had a mismatch there? Since well, that's kind of what Kyrie said in that. It was like whoever, whatever the best
0: option is, whatever the best matchup is. Yeah. Who
4: Whoever is hot. Um, Look, Kyrie can if, if he feels this way, great. I mean, fine. His every right to say who he feels. And you're gonna show it on the court. All right? You've you've had when they when they measure these clutch shots in the playoffs, fourth quarter and overtime, he's made two shots in his career with the game tied, and he's made two. One is, you know, won a championship. LeBron's had over thirty of those. Nathan in Los Angeles. Hi, Nate. What's on your mind today?
3: Hey, how are you doing, Dan? Great, Nate. So my thought is on Doc Rivers. I find it very interesting when a coach gets hired by one team and then another team who has spent a few weeks now looking for coaches and considering their options suddenly drops everything and picks up your coach within two days.
2: <laughs> uh,
3: I mean, you know, I don't know if it says more about what the, the Sixers specifically think about Doc Rivers or what the league thinks about Doc Rivers. And maybe the Clippers were a little quick on this. Pull the trigger. I mean, do teams have ways of gauging how the rest of the league thinks about their own players and coaches? I don't know. I don't know. What, what do you think? It says more about that. Maybe the it was too quick a trigger. Uh, maybe, I don't know. Do you- well, I think
4: that it was the 76ers started to just look and see who was out there. You want Doc, you want Mike D'Antoni. You want Doc, you want Ty Lue. Uh I don't know who else they were looking at, but you know there probably wasn't a long list of candidates that they were looking at here. And if you said you can have Doc or you can have Mike D'Antoni, I'm going to take Doc. Because I'm bringing him in for a specific reason. I have two big personalities here and I got to have them play together. In D'Antoni's system, I still have two big personalities and now they have to adapt to a completely different system. And I think that that's really difficult to do uh, on short notice. And I think Doc gives them an opportunity to keep that roster although if you could move Al Horford I I always love when I uh like I hear GM say yeah we got to get some shooters yeah where are you gonna get them like who who is there is there a special island you go to like shooters island hey um just stopping by uh a six four six five guy can I get a reddick type what do you have what do you have it's oh yeah, yeah I'll take that uh, oh, Duncan Robinson. Oh, okay. We'll take him. Yeah, Paul.
2: It's, it's like when they talk about the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, Giannis really needs a guy like Anthony Davis to pair up with. <laughs> yeah, there's one of them. <laughs> there's not three dudes like Anthony Davis out there. Yeah. yeah. The Greek freak, he
4: needs uh, he needs a Jordan. Really? Who doesn't need a Jordan? Yeah, McLovin.
1: I'll tell you, all those shooters are ridiculous. I love him. I see him every day, but his uh he was such a defensive liability and Duncan Robinson when he gets matched on LeBron, it's just a, you want to turn the TV off. It's a shame. Okay. It, when who Reddick was was LeBron
4: against again. just about anybody right. is a matchup. But nightmare. can
1: you win defensively I mean, with guys like Duncan Robinson and JJ Reddick? Like I don't know how the Sixers are going to do this. The Heat went to the finals. Well, in 2020.
4: Oh god. There <laughs> we go. There you go. Yep. You did it. You did it.
1: Congratulations. In the East.
4: Too, yeah, by of way. yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Who do they have to play? Uh, Chris in Pennsylvania. Hi, Chris. What's on your mind today?
3: Hey Again, uh, I'm responding to you about the uh,
2: poll question. Yeah. I'm uh, a little perturbed that the fumbling Chargers are never, ever mentioned in any of these foolish teams. They always have some talent. Um,
4: yeah but but I, I think they're they're a little too good for this poll question. Like they're not terrible. They've got a lot of talent. they they actually should be really good. Uh, but they always they, there's always disappointment and uh, there's always injuries. So I'm talking about the chargers that they're, they're probably a little too good to be on the poll question. I, I don't know if if I put them on there, would they win the poll question of, They're going to win a Super Bowl before these other franchises. Yeah, Paul.
2: If you said most frustrating NFL franchise for their fans, I think Chargers are way underrated. They've had a truckload of talent the past 20 years. Yeah. Maybe longer than 20 years.
4: And leaving San Diego, relocating to Los Angeles, adding into the frustration there. Kurt in Oregon joining us. Hey, Kurt, what's on your mind today? Hey, Dan, I want to remind you, uh, you touched on it passingly, but we're not exactly dealing with the greatest thinker of our time in Kyrie. And um, I also uh, I want to let you know that uh, you should have landed Donovan back on. He's been making some headlines the last couple of days uh, coaching his soccer team. And... Um, I want to remind you also that it's now October, so there's no way that the Dolphins and Fitzpatrick are going to beat the Seahawks. I thought you weren't a fan of hot takes, but uh yeah, that's that's the hottest one I've heard yet. Okay. We'll see how hot it is on Sunday in Miami. Just a thought. Yeah, that's it. Just a thought. I don't is that a hot take? Miami over Seattle? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty warm. What uh what's the point spread there? Six and a half. Okay. So the Dolphins I... are giving six and a half, is what you're saying. Well, they were as before before you said it.
1: Now watch that uh... people
4: get they get so sensitive. Like I it, it there's nothing personal here. I love Russ. I what? just said I have a premon I didn't hear from any Arizona fans. What if oh, I, you affect I picked the, the, line? I, I picked the Lions? Yeah, I, I bit I didn't base it off anything other than they you win games you're not supposed to win sometimes. You're not expected to. Adam Sandler will lighten the mood coming up. Dan Patrick show at bed three, six, five. We don't do ordinary.
0: We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
4: MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here.
0: And this season takes it to a whole new level.